Hal, what's going on? You've changed, are you now? You changed your name to in our uh, group chat. Whoa, delete that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know is isn't it convenient that uh, on the day that SBF blows up and the crypto ecosystem is imploding that we can't find Cletus? Have you heard from him at all? Um, yeah, apparently he has rabies, which I'm not sure exactly how. I don't know if he was like trying to get like a COVID vaccine from a bat and then got rabies, but I, I think he actually has rabies, and yeah, that's an awful thing to have. He's got to go get a bunch of shots and stuff, and. Yeah, we're just waiting for him to recover to um, to get him back here. We did put him in a podcast prison for his uh, rude remarks to uh, the chicken that we had on a few, you know, <laughs> a couple podcasts ago. But uh, you know, at the same time, uh, the those things that the chicken was saying would happen haven't happened, and uh, instead, uh, FTX blew up, and all of crypto is blowing up. Well, Cletus, if you can hear this best best wishes uh it if if you do have rabies that fucking sucks and uh wish you were here feel better so um i don't know what have, what have we what have we got to talk about today what's been going on haven't really been following the news too much i mean the real question is is like is there anything uh is there anything left that we can be serious about i mean we made foot guns as a as a way to sort of like warn people that you know, crypto wasn't like a get rich quick scheme and just put your money here and it goes up forever. Like there's going to be a bad day and uh, those bad days came and they kept coming and it's been a year now. And, uh, you know, we kind of like, in my opinion, thought we had like washed out the bad actors and I'm not going to lie. Like I didn't think um, Sam Bankman Freed was going to end up being like the ultra criminal, which it's, I don't know, you know, it's still like, allegedly but yeah if you haven't been following right like what 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 uh what do you know like what have you what have you seen and and if not i'll fill in the rest all right so let me just give like i have been following it quite closely i've and my whole family have been sick the last few years so feeling shitty but been uh scrolling the timeline quite heavily um i guess last week uh rumors started to come out that FTX was having problems and there was this fight between CZ, which is the the founder of Binance, the biggest uh, crypto exchange, and Sam, the founder of FTX, kind of like talking shit about each other and CZ saying that he was going to dump um, a bunch of FTT that he had gotten in an earlier deal between the two companies. And that uh, started tanking the price of FTT. And at the same time, rumors started to spread about the solvency of FTX, which depends on who you believe, but was either like the number two or number three biggest uh, crypto exchange. And pretty much within, I don't know, 48 hours, FTX had turned off withdrawals. And then within another 48 hours after that had filed for bankruptcy. So it happened super fast and it's looking more and more like FTX was, um, I don't know how to say this, but just a complete fraud um, with a you know billion dollar or, or tens of billion dollar hole in their balance sheet. Um, some theories are you know obviously like a big portion of their assets are these tokens that they've created themselves. You know this is something we've been talking about for months. You know crypto, you 
anyone can create a token with a few lines of code. And if you have a million tokens and you sell 10 of them for you know, a high fee and hold the rest in your wallet, you can pump up the price of those 10 that are on the market and make it seem like the rest that are in your wallet are worth a lot. So that seems to be one part of it. Um, another part seems to be these bailouts that Sam was giving to other troubled crypto companies that started to go south when interest rates started going up. So they, Sam kind of came out as a white knight and said, we're going to save BlockFi and some of these other companies that had, uh, had been going under. Do you have a Do you have a BlockFi card? I don't. I I did formerly use BlockFi um, earlier, but I had pulled out of BlockFi a long time ago. I used them when they were paying I don't know like seven percent or eight percent on BTC. So I I earned you know some decent money from them, but I pulled out a long time ago. Especially because they they had started to lower their rates. Like each month they were lowering their rates more and more, and then of course. We were working at Badger, which is like basically the DeFi competitor to BlockFi, offering you know many x better percent in terms of yield. So it just it didn't make sense to to use them at all, given like the risk plus the plus the um, lowering rates. Yeah, I definitely feel bad for anybody that's um, lost money there. I, uh, <laughs> you know, there's 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 a few of us uh, hanging out in the the Footguns Discord, which you know, anyone listening to this, please come and join. Especially if you're still listening at this moment in time, like the best thing we can do is, you know, uh, be together and share opinions. And um, you know, unlike uh, unlike the Bankless guys and whoever else uh, is just promoting their podcasts and stuff, like you know, we. We have no uh, ego here, right? Like we, uh, we're just in it. Like we're we're just in it, trying to figure out what to do. And um, I think the best way we can move forward. And I think we've proven it, right? Like the Footguns community, um, uh, we weren't chilling things. We weren't like pushing people to go invest money in bad places. Like the entire time, all along, the entire point of Footguns was like, what could go wrong, right? And like, yeah, we didn't get it. We weren't, we weren't the ones that like told everyone SBF is a bad guy, but. Um, we certainly like promoted the the philosophy of like you should go and you know be skeptical of of what's going on here and you know these prices are probably a little bit too high and and things are going to go down. I had no idea that this was going to go down this way. Um, I uh, you know I, I went to go run my um, card at the grocery store <laughs> and I'm still like you know I was like okay uh, your block five is going under yeah yeah if if uh, if block five is going under I might as well try and just keep running this thing up and get as much Bitcoin as I can and rewards back right and um, yeah they were like yeah the cards declined and then I went oh, wow so they're just insta turned off the cards declined yeah and then they sent me a text message and said um, you know just so you know like we're still reporting this to like credit bureaus and whatever so you know like threatening me that like yo you still have to pay we yeah we get what you're trying to do right now and it's not gonna work so yeah i mean and then did you hear 130 something companies filed for bankruptcy last week i i didn't hear that number but i've seen that org chart of sbf's empire that's been floating around of all the different entities that they had um and yeah it, it doesn't surprise me this is like uh, yeah it's kind of uh it's kind of insane and i mean i think i mean that's why i wish like we could have gotten cletus on here and i hope he's in good health um 
and I hope he's just, you know, um, being an asshole like usual. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I would love to hear his opinion about like, th- th- this feels very, very much like a moment where, you know, when we first started making the podcast, like he was saying things like, oh, well, I don't think crypto is going to cause contagion like into the rest of the market. Right. And like, I very much agreed at that point. But this this sort of feels like a moment where we're going to see like, was all this crypto stuff tied into, you know, VC funds or any other sort of, you know, banks or, I mean, I, I, I think we're going to at least take at least a month or two to find out like really how far this contagion spreads. And I think it is going to be outside of crypto. Yeah. Okay. So with that, that's a good segue. So b- before we sat down, I jotted down about eight or nine things, events, potential events that, are that could happen going forward let's play a game let's let me let me give you each one of these events i have not thought about what i would put on these but give me your probability for what you think of these events and if you have any commentary about it and and i'll do the same i'd be curious to see like do this as kind of like a thought exercise for kind of like figuring out what's going on and and what the implications could be let's hear it all right Number one, um, state bailout for a crypto entity. What are the odds of that happening? I don't know. Let's say within there's acute contagion before the end of the year. Any state bailouts for any like associated crypto 50, or banks? 52%. 52%. Okay. And the scenario is what is the scenario that like, okay, JP Morgan was custodying you know one of these bigger big tradfi banks that had started supporting crypto they're custodying their coins somewhere and oops it was with ftx oops suddenly jp morgan's missing a billion and they're they need to bail out something like that yeah or maybe like some non-american um pension fund or something like that okay oh yeah the the canadian teachers union had one of the Canadian teachers unions had invested in FTX, right? So there could be just up oh, their entity. They're they're marking down to zero, and they have another British uh, pension moment. Yeah, I'm still not. Uh, did you hear about? Well, I, I want to distract too much from this game because I like it. But you hear about heard about the Ukraine, right? Like apparently the Ukraine had gotten a ton of money, like multi hundreds of millions. Right, their yeah. coins, their coins are sitting in yeah, FTX. Yeah. All right, let me think. I I would say. If you count, I would say, okay, U.S. odds of a state bailout, of U.S. bailout is 10%. Foreign, um, yeah, I, I will say 50, I'll just say 50-50. I think, uh, I think that that's more likely, like one of these uh, pension funds gets bailed out or something. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, anything else on that? No, I, I, it's, it's something that I'm going to be watching, though. It's something I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to. All right, um, let's go to the old favorite. Tether implodes by then. Uh, one percent. All right, I will give it a twenty-five percent. Why? Why? Like, what is? What's the? I'm still just like I don't know. I, I look at Tether right now, and it has a hundred billion dollar twenty-four hour volume on a $70 billion market cap. And I'm just like, if there's anything wrong with that, it's going to show up. I mean, you know, if it does implode, it's going to implode in 12 seconds. 
you know, so I don't know. I think the, the scenario is a um, SBF and and Alameda were cl- quite close with Tether. Who knows what shady deals they have going on? And their sliver of equity is incredibly small. So any um, if there's any like market participants trying to find out where the weakness is, then that's going to happen now. Uh, you know, like the scenario would be like, you see just like massive redemption. Okay. Okay. So can we, can we, uh, break from this? I was, I've been, so I've been in this Twitter space. I'm going to link it. We'll link it in this podcast or whatever. Um, it's been going on for hours and hours. It's hosted by, I don't know, some NFT person. Yeah. Uh, Mario Nawful. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and yeah, there's I know like some about. weird people in there that say weird things, but um, they've had all like, anyways, the point is they had CZ come in, you know, of Binance and he legitimately like, yeah, on like some other person's phone in Bali uh, with him breaking up and, you know, they're like, oh, hey, like what's going on? So um, my, my, my point is just um, like this has gotten this has gotten to the point now where we're having like 30,000 people in a crypto Twitter space. that's like ongoing for like three days and like all these like huge people are coming in. And so uh, I I just see like wherever this goes, like we're going to hit some sort of bottom and like whoever the good people are, are going to show up and whoever the bad people are, are going to show up. And it's, it's, it's looking very, very much like, whoever is involved in FTX is like a really, really bad person. Um, and I guess the point that I'm just trying to make is that like, when you see like a Twitter space with 30,000 people and like CZ entering it and all that sort of thing, like I just start to look, you know, for, Hey, Bitcoin, Ethereum, probably going to hit a bottom. What are the good coins? Like who's left? Like, like just basically like look for bad behavior and anybody that looks bad, just get away from them. Like <laughs> I don't know. Um, sorry, I don't know if that's distracting from the point you were trying to make. We are going to hit it. So that means if Tether is going to implode, it's going to happen sooner rather than later. No, it'll happen faster than you can react. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not making any kind of bet on this. I think tons of people have blown up. There are huge liquidations of people betting against Tether. Um, and yeah, which is like, you know, the I, you way know. they, I mean, you know, someone that's like been very deeply involved in like trading crypto, right? Like how, if like, if you're short tether, you're going to get wiped out before it goes down, right? Like what happened? Like just like anybody that disagrees with me right now, like just go look at the Bitcoin chart right before, you know, this whole thing happened. It ran up and convinced, I mean, it convinced me, convinced a lot of people like you're an idiot for being short because the price just and what did it do it like wiped out all the shorts and then it went down right so like if you were short you feel worse than i do because you were in the right positioning and you got wiped out right in like 12 seconds right before the whole thing went down so like do you really think that you're like you're large enough like do you really have enough money are you really smart enough like are you so much smarter to this market that you're going to go short tether, like short tether at $2, right? If tether goes to $2, short it. <laughs> that's my, that's the way I would play it. But yeah, anyways. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So the scenario I see is that large actors decide to exit the crypto space. Um, they sell into Tether. They try to redeem their Tether. Uh, places like FTX and large exchanges are, are one of the few like institutional actors that are working with Tether. So they've had a lot of handshake deals with them. I, I remember one interview with SBF where he was asked to kind of like vouch for Tether and he vouched very strongly for them. So I do think that there's a possibility that there's shit we don't know about between them and and between that people exiting tether redemptions there does you know there could be a scenario where there's like a run so if there's if there's ever a, a big crisis or testing point for tether i think this is probably would be it this is a scenario if there is a scenario where it implodes it's going to be like something like this yeah yeah again um, i would still like i would short it above a dollar like i would wait like i don't know maybe i'm wrong it's just like the way these things go, and I don't know why, I can't quite explain it, but the way these things go is like if you see Tether at a dollar thirty, like short it. You know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Well, I think that's what they're doing. That's one of the ways they make right, money, but they're, right? they're not shorting it at a dollar. They're, they're shorting it at like a dollar and one cent or whatever, right? Which like, yeah, if it's like I don't think rare. anyone listening to this right now has enough money to be shorting Tether at a dollar and one and making money. Like, yeah, okay, cool, you might make a penny or whatever, and then cool (laughs) but yeah you know you know what i mean like if you're if you're if you're like an average person that has um you know between ten dollars and ten thousand dollars um and you want a short tether like short it at a dollar sixty seventy eighty you know what i mean like if you want to make some money if you if 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 you're a hedge fund listening to this i don't know dm us and let's have a chat right (laughs) and the other side of this is that who's behind tether there you know clearly there's a lot of chatter that state actors are propping up tether and you know with the stuff with sbf ftx like there are state actors potentially involved behind the scenes that you you know are sponsoring the crypto markets or that are active in them and getting a benefit from having this parallel infrastructure outside the traditional financial system that they can use. well okay okay so um, so the people that are that, yeah so the that, point i was trying to make sorry there's just been so much going on in the last like few days so it's really hard for me at this point to just like keep a current <laughs> state of like what we're talking about going on but when cz came onto that twitter space that i was listening to one of the things that he said was that he was like very confident that busd was you know this very solvent cryptocurrency and like me and uh cletus on this podcast in the past have sort of like talked shit about binance and how like busd is you know and 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 not just busd but bnb the binance coin is is you know Mm. sort of worthless and i mean we would have been right if we were talking about ftt right um but cz went on to this twitter space and defended really hard that BUSD um, is backed by all these like New York City licenses, so that the people that are um, putting their dollars behind BUSD are actually like in New York City, an actual bank with real US dollars. Um, and it kind of made me, you know, buy the Kool Aid of CZ. Right? It kind of made me go, okay, if this, if Binance, if BUSD doesn't blow up in the next six months. 
then maybe this is actually a really good stablecoin. And he kind of was talking a little bit of shit about um, Circle, but he definitely didn't say anything about Tether. Um, and I don't know. I mean, the thing about Tether that's annoying is that, you know, they've printed out a couple of reports over the years about like their backings. Um, they had Chinese uh, commercial paper at one point. It seems like they've divested that into U.S. treasuries in, 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 from what I've read. Um, which if they, if like, you know, it, like think about it, right? Like if the Fed is increasing interest rates and Tether is legitimately $70 billion of money that ends up being backed by U.S. Treasuries and USDC is backed by U.S. Treasuries and Binance USD is backed by Treasuries, like that's yeah, incredible, bank. right? Like they're making so much money and crypto is going to explode out of this. What's not going to explode out of this is the criminals, right? Like people like, I don't know. I'm not even going to go through the names. Like we've, we've tracked it through foot guns and I'm pretty sure everybody that we've called a criminal is a criminal, but maybe there's people that aren't. Um, and we don't know yet. Maybe SPF is just like, you know, maybe he goes to court and pleads insanity. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, that's my rant about, about all that. <laughs> All right, next item. Another exchange ex- implodes. I think we've already had that happen just like in between the time that I wrote this and we started recording. So I think that's 100% basically. Um. Yeah, well, who? I mean, are we going to name? I don't know. People are like not naming names and stuff. We can, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. It was a tweet that popped up and then went away like uh one a crypto.com that seems like yeah they've, all right uh, well so yeah so somebody calls out like cz for going on to that twitter space that i'm talking about and he called out twitter i mean sorry uh, twitter.com <laughs> crypto.com um as being you know they did they moved 400 what was it 400 million dollars worth of eth or um to some address at, at gate.io which is this really shady exchange and then they asked for the money back and they got the money back but then everyone's like wait a second that was like two weeks ago right this wasn't like they sent the money yesterday and then got it back today they sent it you know before all this happened and then they got the money back and then everyone's starting to wonder you know um the the the, the thing that i will say and i'm thinking about just you know, we keep a paywall on foot guns because, um, you know, crypto is making a bunch of money, might as well make some money, but like we actually are paying, you know, an intern for some things and we want to grow the brand. And, um, like I, you know, I personally have taken (laughs) every other penny and put it into this token, uh, which is, you know, whether or not, Uh, it's against the law or not we went ahead and did it or i went ahead and did it um but my point is i I, you know i really want to teach people right now that there is a difference of keeping your crypto on an exchange and keeping your crypto in a hard wallet and one of the things that I, i personally did that i'm really proud of is is pushing people that i know that got into crypto to take their crypto off exchanges and put it into um hard wallets and it feels kind of like a meme um but it's it's a real thing right like the people that lost 100 percent on ftx had their money on ftx the people that lost 30 percent like were invested in ethereum and bitcoin right like i know it's not 
you know, we're not in 2021 a year ago and you're making all kinds of money. Um, but it, you know, if you had, if you want to be involved in the crypto space, it, it hurts, but you need to go like spend a little time learning about like taking self custody. And yeah, I kind of want to, um, not in any like gimmicky, like we're going to get subscribers way, just like probably for the rest of foot guns, just make, um, you know, these guides that I had under a paywall for a while about like how to go and take self custody. Cause it, yeah, it, it feels pretty awful at this point. I don't know how you feel like you per, you know, I, I know you like sort of quit your tradfi job to get into crypto and then got into crypto and then sort of had to backpedal a bit like, um, and I pretty much gave up everything right in my life to like get into this. And so it's like, like this is one of those moments that just makes me feel like really, really bad and really just like, you know, Hey, are we doing the right thing here? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 no, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, hundred percent agree with you about the self custody thing. I've never kept, or I guess I have kept money on like centralized exchanges, but not for an extended period of time and especially not when I think the market started to go south. Like I kind of, you know, knew that when things are up only, there's a lot less risk. Everyone's euphoric, you know, money's getting sloshed around. But like when you, when the tide starts to go out, that's not the time to go leave your money on centralized exchanges. And that's been the history throughout the previous crypto cycles, right? Like you've seen these exchanges blow up. We had an interview with Thomas Brazil who made a ton of money buying claims from blown up exchanges. Love to get him back on and talk more about his thoughts on the FTX thing. But, um, you know, it's like the main value proposition of crypto or one of them is this, that it's an asset that you hold on your person and it's a bare asset and you've got it in your wallet. And that's incredibly different than having it on an exchange where the exchanges frequently blow up and it's not like the FTX is the first time an exchange is blown up. It happens yeah. And, and quite frequently, I mean, the right? risks are, are also a lot different. Right. And, you know, if anyone that's listening to this, um, you know, I feel bad. Like if you put some money onto some exchange and you're and and you lost or whatever, but you know, if you want to keep going with crypto and you're still here and you, you know, um, first of all, like we're entering a new world where there's ways to start earning crypto and not just like, you know, putting money into it. But, you know, second of all, like, yeah, like this is the moment to take the time to go learn and take self-custody. I, you know, when Luna blow up, blew up earlier this year, I messaged a lot of my family and friends and was just like, hey, look, if you want to stay involved in crypto, um, you know, you need to either sell it into dollars and just get out like, right, because clearly something's going on right now or you need to take self-custody and yeah, I, I, I sort of wish like I had been a bit louder, like through the foot guns brand about this at the same time, like self-custody has its own risk. Right. And, um, it's really hard to promote self-custody when the prices are going up and I hate that, but it's it just like the reality, right? Like no one cared about self-custody when the prices were going up. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely true. I mean, one of the good lines that Matt Levine has is like crypto is speed running the history of the financial system. And the, the other like thing about crypto that I kind of 
I think is a feature of it is that there is no lender of last resort. There's no Fed that's going to come in and uh, make the money printer go. And like one thing that actually bothered me a little bit about Sam and his like attempt to rescue these failing companies was that fact that he propped them up, right? Like you, you, I, I kind of had this feeling like, all right, you know, things are blowing up. We're going to get all the excess flushed out of the system. And that's a good thing, right? Like it's good that Luna is imploding. It's good that these Ponzi companies that, you know, fucked around with their people's deposits are going under, like in a way that's what's supposed to happen. Nature is supposed to heal. The price is supposed to dump. And then we flush that out of the system and start over in the next cycle, right? And to just keep these zombie companies going along. And it turns out that, you know, that might have been because he was afraid of getting dragged under with, with the fallout of that implosion. Um, it just seemed like it could put a floor under prices in a time when like there was not a, warranted to be that floor. Right. And so like the thing about crypto is like, if you get in at the right times in the cycle, um, then you can get this huge, just massive upside when the next cycle hits and whatever prevents that kind of like flushing out and nature healing, is uh i don't know it seems like just like this artificial force that uh goes against kind of like the purity of the of the market forces well i would say that you've identified a reason to get long right like if and i'm not saying this is going to happen i'm just saying if, if if anyone listening sees this happen you know if if there is any kind of bailout right in this current situation um, you should just go buy the crap out of Bitcoin, right? Like because that would be, that would be like affirmation that uh, you know the financial system is now supporting a floor price in crypto, right? Um, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but yeah, if you do see that happen, I would, I would be like the way I would see this happening is like someone ends up being exposed to this uh, through like the traditional financial system, and then they back that company. And then like, you know, sort of indirectly, everyone realizes like, well, wait a second, they're sort of backing crypto now. Um, I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts about that are. Can you say more about that? What do you mean like indirectly backing it? Yeah. So like, say like somebody, I don't know. I've just been thinking about like these guys like Chamath that like came out on Twitter talking a bunch of shit about SBF, how like he saw this all coming and like Elon saw this all coming and like, you know, well, there's a lot of those guys. I mean, there's not a lot in the sense that, you know, everyone in the world's poor and there's only like 20 of them, but they're not very smart and they'll make mistakes. And so like, were any of them exposed in some way to this in, in a way that like it ends up exposing, you know, pension funds of America, right? Like we were talking about earlier, like I said, basically 2% greater than 50, 50 odds that there's some sort of like European fund or something exposed to this. Well, what if, you know, CalPERGS, right? The, the retirement fund of, of all of California uh, schools are exposed to FTX, right? Like, F, you know, you know, SBF is like this like hero from uh, Berkeley that, um, you know, was like, oh, he, he, he like just bought some of, of the advertisement on, uh, on the school. I can't remember exactly what it was. You know, he was like buying up like the Miami arena and yeah, he bought, he bought some things recently like at Berkeley and that sort of thing. And he has like huge affiliations in California. So 
you know, who knows? Like, what if, the, what if like some very important people with some very important money that's not their own? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but it's just like, this is what, this is sort of like what Bitcoin is like going against, right? It's like, why would you go, why would you go invest in FTT when you could put your money in Bitcoin? Like you lose everything or you lose 20%. I don't know. I'm, I'm, like you would have lost how much invested in the stock market. Like Bitcoin didn't underperform many stocks, right? Like FTT went to zero basically. Let me ask you this. Did you, when, when Sam was like on top of the world and getting all these profiles, did you think like, this is a person that I don't ask if you'd like trust him, but I thought like, you know, I was working in crypto. Like, would I want to go work at a place like FTX? Like I think, one of the earliest times that Sam got on my radar was during the YFI. So like one of the things during DeFi summer, you know, people were farming this project YFI, which is kind of similar to Badger. It was like a yield aggregator. So it would like harvest yields from other emissions in DeFi and like put them back into the underlying. And that was this like darling at the time. And there was an incident where he figured out a way to short it using his own token as collateral, basically some, you know, token that he had printed from one of his projects and used it and shorted the crap out of Wi-Fi. And that was like one of the first big like downside events that, that had happened. And um, I don't know, I just like have listened to a lot of interviews and stuff with him. And my impression was always like, this is a smart person, but like, I would never want to trust him or like go into business. Like would I want to go work at his company? Would I want to do like a deal with him? I don't think so. Like he just had this era of being like, like a gamer, right? Like a gamer that's trying to game the system and has said as much in, you know, the whole effective altruism thing. I'm in this to just like maximize my returns so that I can donate it presumably at the end of my life. Yeah. That's the weirdest thing. I mean, the most, distrusting thing i think at least for me personally is that you know this dude put out all this stuff about how he was just in it to make as much money as he could to help as many people as possible or whatever and then as things are coming out and i mean it's all allegations right i still think i would suggest that anyone listening to this including ourselves talking about this um we wait a month or more before we like make strong conclusions. But, you know, I want to get this podcast out because there's just been so much going on. Um, I, I don't know. Like he either is this person that had a goal and was willing to just, you know, cut every corner and like, he it, like kind of like the prime directive in star Trek, right. Where he was like, well, I might be hurting 15 people today, but I'm going to help 15,000 tomorrow, right? Like he might have legitimately believed that by screwing people over, you know, and and getting money by screwing people over and like he was smarter than everyone and he was going to help people. Like, I don't know, like not every bad guy is necessarily... Um, I don't know, I was just thinking about like when Cletus was talking about like those James Bond villains and how um uh putin is this like you know the guy that wants to get rich right like i truly believe sbf was the kind of guy that wanted to like 
socially engineer the world into like whatever weird fucking state he was going to take us into. Yeah, I think, I mean, like the effective altruism thing, and I've listened to a lot of their materials and I thought kind of like been interested in it because they have some interesting ideas, but it's like, you know, the value of imagine if you extrapolate humanity's growth hundreds of years into the future, what will be the population, you know, will be terraforming other planets and humans will be trillions of, of people. And so that any action taken today will have this compounding effect. But it's like, if, if you extrapolate that, if you bring that logic into the present and you just convince yourself that some, at some date in the future, when I have acquired all these resources, I will do good with them. Then there's no, no action in the present. Well, no. So th- this was the, okay. Okay. So, that, well, right? this was the conniving. This is where I was tricked. Right. And I think, I don't know. I think maybe we talked about this on the podcast or not. Um, but what, what SBF said publicly that fooled me, this was the moment that I was fooled is he said, if you go look at all these other people that are making all this money, they're only donating this much per year and this much. And he's like, so if you look at me, I'm donating this much per year. Right. So like, it was the perfect, like, look how much better I am along the way up than everyone else. So I must be the good guy. Right. Like, I, I don't know. Like now that I look back at it, it's just like, dang, nice job. You fooled me. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I have no way of getting into his head. Maybe he did think that he was. Yeah, I mean, maybe he thought that he was like, maybe he thought he was with. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to find out, right? Like, we're going to find out. And I don't think we're going to find out the real story. Um, But yeah, I mean, it could have been a situation where like he thought he was legitimately helping crypto and everyone and whatever by um, working with bad people and like thinking he was slowly taking money away from bad people and giving it to good people. Right. Like, um, I, I, I have no idea. Um, I do have a question for you though. Have you been following the BitBoy um, saga around all this? He, let's see, he's this like crypto influencer and he had some kind of breakdown or like, yeah. almost uh, like Alex Jones where I, moment where he was, like, where I draw the line is like, you know, Zach expects, zach xbt who's this like twitter account that like he he's like sort of like on chain proven that bitboy like releases these youtube videos about you know oh here's this next cryptocurrency and he owned a bunch of it and then he sells it like on to his youtube followers like as it comes out so so then for him to come out and like pretend like he's some sort of like hey i'm the one that like uh you know unearthed SBF and I'm showing it and it's just like okay cool like is that because he screwed you over <laughs> like in a deal or something yeah I don't know I mean the whole pay- paid promotion of coins thing with these influencers is just kind of icky right and they never do well um yeah it's strange I've got a cu- I've, I've got a couple more of these things I'm, I'm curious so like Let's get to like the market stuff. So I wrote in the discord, if like, this is the big, you know, systemically important institutions failing, whatever. Why is 
Bitcoin still above 15,000 and ETH still at like 1250 or whatever. Like why, why aren't we much, 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 much lower right yeah, now? Yeah. Um, why Bitcoin at 16? Why ETH at 12? I'm going to just say as a person like from uh, like, let's go to Trader. Um, I'm really surprised ETH at 12. I'm not very surprised ETH at, I mean, Bitcoin's at 16. I think, um, I think ETH at 12 makes the proof of stake narrative a little like it makes it go okay yeah you guys you did your thing and it's a little deflationary and yeah it didn't sell off right like i think eth could be at um eight hundred dollars right now i think bitcoin should be at um nine thousand dollars right now the fact that they're not um maybe i'm totally wrong i'm again i don't know i said that a couple times because this is just a wild um place we're in but i agree that last week was it like that was the moment whatever whatever it went to last week and it tried to do it um last night actually it tried to reclaim uh, a lower low uh even on the cme um couldn't even get anywhere near there is a gap at fifteen thousand dollars five hundred and seventy on the cme um I, i i just don't I don't see it. I don't see what the catalyst is to drive these things lower anymore. Like we're literally recording a podcast now that we're 41 minutes into and I'm like shaken, you know, like I just went through an entire year of being through all kinds of shit. And like, this just feels so much like if you're going to take Bitcoin lower, like, you know, everyone's like, well, we can take Michael Saylor out. Okay. I'll give you that. Well, so that's $3,000 of Bitcoin. So you should keep that on your radar. You should definitely keep, um, you know, $70 Ethereum, $3,000 Bitcoin on your radar. I'm keeping it on mine. But um, I agree with you. I'm, I'm. That's the price where you just put every dollar, you sell your everything else, you sell your. Yeah, that's the price where you, you just in. say, look, if you're 70 years old and you need to retire, it's not your game, right? If you're, if you're, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the age is. If you have less than, you know, five people relying on your paycheck, <laughs> you should probably just take every dollar you own and put it into Ethereum. And then whenever Ethereum goes back to a thousand dollars, sell half of it into Bitcoin. And then whenever. At what? 300? Uh, no, I was saying $70 Ethereum. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i'm i'm just trying to imagine like the real capitulation you know i earlier this year i had said like a thousand dollar bitcoin um i think i think we had the chance we're not going to go there if it's going to go back to anything it's going to go back to my entry point and my entry point comes out of like extreme fear you know so um that's kind of what happens i don't know i was listening to i was listening to some paid podcasts about a trader talking about trading points and he wouldn't quite give away um, what his trading points were, but it just made me think like, you know, what would my trading point on Bitcoin be? And it'd be like, well, it would be when I entered, right. You know, when I was very, very, very confident and have successfully held that level for years and years and years. Right. Like, so yeah, if, if we can't, if we can't get below $15,000, we're not going below $15,000. And um, my guess would be Bitcoin goes back to 20 before it goes below 15. 
um, because that would be like the, you know, sort of, they call it like max pain or whatever. Um, but yeah, just the, the thing no one expects to happen would be Bitcoin having a bit of a rally from here and then dumping. But I don't know. I, I, I think like we're really at a point in crypto where um, faith has been shooken. Um, the on-chain analysts are showing that people are picking up Bitcoin left and right. I have a smidgen of faith in Ethereum. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I like Bitcoin here. It's really hard for me to be bullish on anything else. Um, I do. I like Uni and I like Ethereum. And um, that's like, that's your risk, you know? Like, I don't know. Bitcoin's also your risk, but um, it just... It just seems to me like last week, whatever anything touched was probably the bottom. It, it's hard for me to see what would cause um, anything to go down from here, but I could always be wrong. <laughs> okay, so does that imply calling a macro bottom too? Because so, so here, here, here's what I think. Yeah, um, yeah, go go for it, and then I have a response if, to that. Yeah, if if you you talked about trading points, eight hundred dollars is where I bought my first ETH when I first got involved in like DeFi and started playing around with these apps, that was like DeFi summer. So that's kind of like a, a very important psychological point just for me. I don't think the market, you know, maybe the market doesn't have that too, but $800 ETH is like, I, I think a critical level in my mind. I think ETH has much more downside risk because the only way that I see ETH getting to like $70 or really the bottom falling out would be some kind of US EU legislation that basically like bans DeFi or that requires KYC or requires some kind of like breaking um, disclosure for on-chain transactions to the point that the whole value proposition of ETH just okay. gets Okay, I don't know. Can we, so, can we either, can we either like, okay, three options for you here. We cut the podcast yeah. off here and everyone just wonders what I said. We make it go private here. Wait, how is there a third option? I don't know. Or I just say what I say and then you're just like, let's just make it public. Um, but yeah, I, I got a way in my mind where it goes to $70 and it's brutal and ugly. Um, it's like, okay, let's think of like, I don't really want to name names, but there's, you know, a bunch of DeFi protocols that have coins that are locked in them that are providing leverage and providing, you know, I don't know, leverage on different, like, you know, different scales, uh, swapping, um, minting of things. Um, I don't know. There's some, some even weirder things. And then there's like all the NFTs, right? So, Mm-hmm. that is creating fees on you know protocols on ethereum and so like if that just starts to like drain away and then all of those protocols that are supporting you know they have treasuries and those treasuries are holding ethereum and and other things right so like what if all of them are just like all put into a state where they're all forced to sell basically and you know, it's just this sort of like vicious cycle of like all these protocols just like liquidating all of their assets. Like, you know, literally just like anything that you can think of that exists right now, just 
dissolving and then yeah ethereum hits 70 bucks you pick it up and we start all over again and like you know like we we build back from zero basically but you see that just happening as an economic consequence that's like a a scenario where the fed keeps tightening nasdaq continues to go down tech and duration continue to get hit and all of the DeFi protocols just no no out I'm saying the domino has already fallen. I'm saying it's already here. Like they, like nothing else has to change and we see it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I'm saying like we've already seen enough for that. Everything that I just described to actually play out without like the Fed could start quantitative easing from here. Bitcoin could start going up and then like, you know, some weird stall out happens and then yeah and then it just like blah like i don't know i don't even know if the fed needs to keep tightening is is kind of the point that i'm making all right and so what odds were you putting on that oh uh, fuck uh 20 percent yeah it's probably somewhere between 10 and 20 percent so that's just essentially like the whole crypto economy the idea that apps can be built on Ethereum and there's value for these, this, the, the value of Ethereum block space collapses under the weight of just the ecosystem. Yeah. We're talking about like 25 to 50% of the people listening to this podcast that have made it this far, actually had that have made it this far. Like, yeah, 80% of those people that like got halfway through this, like not listening to crypto podcasts at all anymore, like complete, you know, evaporation of faith in the industry, you know, real people getting hurt. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Just, yeah, complete, complete and utter contagion, basically. Yeah, I would put it below 20%. I would put that just collapsing under its own weight. I think there's enough built in this site. Like, like two years ago, we didn't have Uniswap. We didn't have MakerDAO or what you know I don't know exactly when these were made but like in the last these are creatures of the last three four years and the amount of stuff that exists now in economic activity and nfts all that stuff is here I think those are all going to be features going forward the only thing that I think would crush it is a government clampdown on the ability to do these transactions that's interesting it's going to still be here i think these you know i think people are going to be waiting for the next shit coin that launches that, that goes 100x everyone's just waiting like you saw this rally like the first hint of inflation going down and like a lot of traders have said like if you know that inflation print didn't happen on the same day of ftx we would be way 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 lower and i tend to agree with that right but I think there's more money that's waiting for this shit to come back than there is that's just discouraged. And I think a lot of people that lost their life savings are going to come back smarter and be back next cycle. Yeah, I mean, I'm not disagreeing that like people are going to come back next cycle. It's just like it feels like one of those moments where uh, personally, you know, I'm still long crypto. I have every single thing that I own in crypto. If you guys stop paying for foot guns, I will, uh, 
you know, again, I've I've put uh, I've put everything that comes from a gun back into crypto, right? So, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a bet that I'm like I'm in on, right? But the point is, like, unlike every other vocal person right now in this industry, I think like here at Footguns we have the opportunity like to take the stance that like we sit here and we think about these things, right? Like we think about what the worst case scenarios are and um, prepare ourselves for that. Right. Like, and think about like what our actions would be if we start heading in that direction. Um, And, you know, like say things like buying Ethereum at $70, like not selling Ethereum at $70. Right. I would, I don't know. I, I would, I would be curious what, how the bankless community reacts to Ethereum at $70, right? Like I would really hope that the Footguns community has sold their Ethereum at a thousand, right? Like, yeah, you know, I'm long at 1200. I'm short at a thousand. You know what I mean? Like I'm waiting for signs in the price to go down. And if it's not going to go below where it went last week, then I'm going to be patient. And as soon as it goes below where it went last week, um, yeah, I'm going to be patient in a different way, right? I'm going to wait for really low prices. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. Like, I still have basically my only crypto exposure now is ETH um, that I bought around the time of the merge. So I'm underwater on that. But I still have much, much, much more cash that's just sitting on the sidelines. I'd say if, if ETH hits a thousand, I'm selling and waiting to buy back much, much lower. And if it's, you know, continues to bounce around here, I'm just going to hold and uh, think this this could be a bottom here. Yeah, and some um, some alpha. Um, I like Matic here because of um, JP Morgan's interest in it, which we could talk about more explicitly if you want to. But my point is that... Um, I think there's some big opportunities for LPing Ethereum with altcoin pairs. And again, I'm still debating, you know, if we keep going down, it's going to make everything free. We go back up, <laughs> then I'm sorry, but you know, um, I, we, we, we need some money to survive this, this. And uh, I hope you guys know that if you pay for our, you know, paid subscription right now, um, we are going to go and try our best to make this brand into an awesome crypto brand, right? Like, I, th- I, I think, um, I think Footcons just got raised a lot, right? Like, there's a lot of people out there in crypto right now that were just like shilling all kinds of different things and like never once um, bringing up the fact that there's risk here. And like, all we've been doing the entire time is talking about how like, we think this is a beautiful technology and it's going to advance into the future, but it's not something that you just like go and put your life savings into and then just get rich tomorrow. Right. Like you, it's, it's just like every other investing, you have to go do research, due diligence, the markets go up and down their cycles, like all kinds of shit. Yeah. All right. Should we leave it there? And another reason to uh, subscribe is uh, those rabies shots for Cletus are not free. Like I hear those are really expensive. Yeah, I mean, we might we might not get them back at this point. I don't know. I I hope so. We've uh we've been we've been trying to get him back around. He's definitely he's dropping advice in the the Discord. So uh, yeah, please please everyone uh, send out your 
your good energy towards his health and recovery so we can get him back on here. Um, but yeah, if you do go subscribe right now, um, you can join our Spacing Guild channel in our Discord where we're very actively talking about the markets and Cletus is is active and, and dropping all kinds of advice on, on everybody. Um, uh, yeah, I, I would say, though, you know, I said this in the weekly update last week, like if you've made it to 56 minutes in uh, this podcast, if you will send us an email at footguns, that's uh, G-U-N-Z pod, footgunspod at gmail.com. Or join the Discord and just say that you made it to this part in the podcast. Um, I'm happy to give you a um, three-month subscription or half off for a year right now. Because, um, yeah, I don't know. Anybody that's left right now in my mind, uh, we just want to build community and, and you know, grow from here, basically. I don't know how you feel about that, Wasabi. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think what part of me says that, like, there's blood in the streets now. This is probably a good time. If you think crypto survives and comes back for another cycle, this is going to be a great time to have bought and just held through. So um, not financial advice, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I, I think the biggest casualty is like the people who say not financial advice. Like that's going to be, that was Sam's big. Yeah. Problem. Yeah. Now uh, they, they no, can't we're, we're all about friendship. We're going to start our, our new motto here is friendship advice right like we're giving friendship here friendship advice here at foot guns which means that like yeah people say things that you might not agree with and you might say things we don't agree with and like that's the point right like to to not just sort of sit here and be like let's all hold each other's hands until someone like sbf comes out and rug pulls us all right (laughs) amen all right let's leave it there and um we'll be back with you again shortly hopefully under better circumstances.